If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the Behind the Mirror podcast. I am Anna Dimmel and I'm so happy that you are joining us today. This week is the week before Christmas and if you are listening to this the actual week before Christmas, bless your soul. If you are like me, you are running around like a mad person with like thousands of UPS boxes on your front porch and cookies in the oven and events to go to and all the things that we try to cross off our list this time of year. It can be hectic. One of the things that continues to come up in this lovely holiday season for me is just the mixed bag of emotions. And I get the good, warm, fuzzy feels, and then I get all the painful stuff too. And one of the hard things that I have run into in my life, and I talk about this often on this show, is the whole topic of relationships and how to build healthy ones and how to really create authentic spaces in our life. And this episode plays into that, and I think it's perfectly timed for this time of year. This episode, I'm talking all about honesty and all the reasons why we choose to not be honest with the people closest to us and why we choose to avoid hard conversations and avoid conflict and kind of scoot around issues that we should be talking about. I'm going to dive into all of that and hopefully you'll walk away with some tools that you can implement in your friendships, in your marriage, in your parenting, and even at at work. So this is a good episode. It's one I've been chewing on for a while. I have to say before we dive into that subject that it is coming up on the end of this year. And I've been podcasting most of this year and it has been such a journey. And if you've been listening to this podcast the whole way through, bless you. I have to say bless you. And you've probably heard the evolving of my journey through this podcast. This has kind of been like a um, recorded diary of sorts of where I've gone on my faith journey and where I've gone um, relationally and emotionally and so many things have evolved and shifted and moved and grown this past year. And it's an honor that you have jumped on this journey with me. And And I say that to all of you who listen to this show and especially all of you Patreons who support this show. All of you are a gift and I am so incredibly thankful for all of you this year. If you're not a Patreon and that is something you're interested in doing in supporting this show, you can go to my website, just at JesusFollower.com and click on the button Patreon. I love you all and I am excited about this episode. So here we go. Hello and welcome back to the Behind the Mirror podcast. Today I'm talking all about being honest and this is going out to all my fellow people pleasers because so much of my life has been spent trying to please people, trying to make people happy. And I know that A lot of people in my life would say that I am a pusher of boundaries and I'm bold and I'm brave and that I tend to push the envelope. But the truth is, is that I really have never pushed the envelope as much as I wanted to. And the times that I have pushed my boundaries have been because I had a breaking point where I just couldn't be what people wanted me to be anymore. 
And I think that this issue of not being authentic, this issue of trying to please everybody, this issue of not being fully honest boils down to so much of what I'm going to talk about today. And this is a work in progress for me. I would like to think that I'm making strides, but I really do hope that five years from now, I will be even better and more confident in this because when you have spent your whole life living life a certain way, it can be difficult to try to undo it. But I can do hard things. You can do hard things. And this has been revolutionary for me. So I want to talk about why why it is that so many of us struggle with being fully honest. And and when I say that, I don't just mean in the hard stuff. I mean in the small stuff, in the medium stuff, in every area of your life, this filter that you put things through in order to temper your audience, whoever you're talking to, whoever's listening to you. So I wrote down um, in my journal the other day four reasons why I think we choose to not be fully honest and say what we really need to say. And here's what I came up with. The first one is that we're afraid of what people will think. And this is a big one for me. In fact, I think I could have just stopped at this one because that would um, embody so much of why I tighten my lips and don't say the things I feel I need to say. I, I get scared of what people will think and not just what people will think of me, but I'm like afraid of what they're going to maybe think I think about them. Like I am so aware of the feelings in the room. I'm a feeler. And so if I have to say something truthful to someone I love or someone I care about, I can tend to not say what I really need or should say because I'm afraid of how they might receive it. I'm afraid of what they may think I think of them. Isn't that weird and so messed up? Yeah, but it's a real thing. I am so afraid, historically speaking, of what people will think of me and then what people will think I think of them, <laughs> if, that, if that makes sense. Okay, so that was my number one reason why I think we choose to not be fully honest. The second is I don't want to cause conflict or tension. And I know that there are people who avoid conflict. They're like, oh, I avoid confrontation at all costs. I'm not one of those people. I don't mind conflict. But for some reason, I don't like conflict coming to me. Like, I don't mind other people's conflicts. Like if I see conflict, I am like a moth to a flame. I'm like, let me come in and be the peacemaker. Let me come in and help you guys resolve the issue. I love that stuff. But if it's conflict with in my sphere of my people or my immediate world, I am like, oh, heck to the no. I'm just going to keep things at bay, keep things peaceful, keep everybody happy because everybody is happy with me when I'm keeping them happy, right? So don't want to cause conflict or tension. That's a big one. The third one I wrote down was, I don't want to upset anyone. And this kind of ties into that first point that I made, that I I really don't like upsetting people. And, and it isn't just upsetting them in, I've done something wrong, or I have disappointed them in some way, but it's upsetting them in maybe I will hurt their feelings. Maybe I will make them upset or sad or feel bad or, you know, I just, I worry about all those little things. The last thing on my list was, I believe it's easier to just avoid complicated issues. And oh my gosh, Is that not such a truth? All of us like marry inside of our head all the freaking time. Like, you know what? I'm in this situation and I'm asked a direct question and it's a complicated answer. And sometimes I just think it's easier to avoid anything really complicated because when things are complicated, in my mind, I think that things will get messy. And I might upset people and then I might go through the whole list again, right? So 
That has been a lie that I have held on to for far too long, believing it's easier just to avoid complicated issue issues. And we see this played out in our friendships, in our marriages, parenting, and in our careers, in our jobs. And for me in friendships, this has been a really um, difficult thing for me to learn, but something that has been so vitally important. And I, and I will say I've made great strides in this department. I, I like people being happy. I like people liking me. I like people thinking I like them. I like everybody feeling all warm and fuzzy inside. And if a friend does something that hurts my feelings or offends me in some way or brings something up that gives me great concern, it has been really historically difficult for me to say my truth very hard, especially if I'm offended or if I'm hurt or if I feel that I have been wronged. It is so hard for me to stand up and say that. Now, if someone is picking on my friend or not being kind to them, I have no problem speaking up for them and defending them and speaking that truth till the day runs out. Like I don't have trouble with that at all. But being an advocate for myself, that is where I I struggle. That has historically been been something I've struggled with. Now, in the last year, I have really done some hard inner work on this, and I have been making huge strides. And and I have even an example this week. Um, One of my very, very best friends, we hit a rough patch in our friendship and there was some stuff that needed to be said and some things that needed to be talked out. And, and it's interesting, both she and I, I think have danced around certain hurts and certain offenses just simply because we both don't want to hurt the other one. And so we had a really hard, but really honest conversation this week. And, and there were tears and there were hard things being said, but it was so good. Like afterwards, I felt like 10,000 pounds had been lifted off of my shoulders. I finally felt like, ugh, I got this out. I told her what I needed to say and it was hard, but I said my words. I said what I needed. I said how I was hurt. I said how I felt wronged. And she loved me and she heard me. And vice versa. She had some hurt she needed to get off of her chest and I heard her. And so that's just a, an example of a moment that maybe, I don't know, a few years ago, I would have just brushed aside, pushed under the rug, just swallowed it and been like, no, I love my friend and I'm just going to forgive it and I'm just going to move on. But the thing is, is that none of us fully move on, right? Like you can quote unquote forgive an issue and not bring it up anymore and not talk about it anymore. But if it has not been made right, if you have not felt heard or validated or felt like you were understood, it can stick for a long time and it can like haunt you and it can really become this weight that you carry inside of that friendship. And so I just have have really, really focused hard on being as honest as I can. And I I will not say I'm perfect at this yet, but I'm trying really hard. And this was actually something my friend and I decided when we talked was we made a pact. Like, okay, if we get offended, if our feelings get hurt, if something rubs us the wrong way, we're going to say it. We're not going to wait like six months and then have it turn into this awkward conversation we have to have. We are just going to say it and vow to love each other well and hear each other well through it. And that's and this is a friend who I've really not ever had run-ins with and we've been friends most of our lives. So it's not like this is a toxic friendship or a friendship that has historical drama or anything like that. It's a very healthy friendship, but you know, even the most healthy and steady of relationships can run into times when you have to say hard things and you have to be honest. And in our case, that was not something we were very used to doing. So it was good. It was good and it was healthy. And I'm 
making that more of more of a motto that I want to have in all of my relationships where I'm able to unzip the mask, right? I'm able to give you straight answers. I'm able to be honest and not be fake and surface because I feel like that's what you want. <laughs> like I'm really trying hard to move past that. I don't want to be in that. Okay. And in marriages, skipping forward to marriages, this has been and I and I know that I'm not the only one. This is something that plagued my my marriage that recently ended. This was something I deeply struggled with and and I know that that this is not unique to me. I have listened to so many married couples and listened to both the wives, both the husbands, sat with them together. I have heard it all and this is something that is really common. And I guess you could say it could boil down to a communication issue, maybe. But I think for a lot of people, like I said earlier, we instinctively don't want to cause conflict or tension with people close. We just don't. We often do believe it's easier to avoid complicated issues. And I fell into all of that in my marriage. And I feel like both of us paid for that significantly when our relationship crumbled. I kept a lot of things to myself. I think because I didn't want to cause any anger. I didn't want to cause any fights. I didn't want to cause any unnecessary, in my belief at the time, unnecessary tension. I wanted my home to be at peace. And, you know, when you're a parent, too, it's a fine line because you don't want to have a house full of arguments all the time and intense conversations all the time. So it's a delicate dance. But I paid for that silence. I really did because in the end, I was living with someone who didn't know me at all because I felt trapped in my own words. I felt like I couldn't say what I needed to say out of simple fear of how it would be received. And some of that fear was was genuinely placed and valid, and some of it maybe I made up in my own head. But regardless, sometimes I wonder if things could have been resolved sooner had I just said the hard things out of the gate and allowed things to be uncomfortable and allowed things to settle uneasily and allowed tension to be there at times. I think I think we do ourselves a disservice when we avoid the things that we think will be hard. And in marriages especially, if you are not able to share the hard things with your partner, that's a recipe for for pain. It's a recipe for loneliness. It's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for like what I went through, like a relationship totally crumbling. And there are relationships that have crumbled that are still married. Like I'm not even meaning divorce because not every marriage that crumbles gets divorced. They just kind of live separate lives under the same roof. I'm not one who can do that. So I went the divorce route. But what I'm saying is, is that when you avoid the hard, honest things that need to be said, that need to be heard, that you need to feel validated in. It's a recipe for for a mess, a much bigger mess than whatever you're fearing could happen with that conversation. Okay. In parenting, this is an interesting thing that I have learned recently. I think for years, and I'm sure this is part of my um, Christian upbringing, I felt that my children, I needed to protect them from like all the things and uh, TV shows, music on the radio, bad friends, bad teachers, food with lots of sugar and red dye. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And so this fear of not protecting our kids can go into the way we relate to them, the way we talk to them. And with my daughter's this was something that I realized I was doing once my oldest became a teenager. When, when they're little, we do all the white lies all the time when they're little, right? Like you're, you're given like a permission slip to not give the full disclosure when they're little. So we can kind of slip by in that regard. But the older they get, the more pointed their questions become and the more 
they can sniff out when you are holding back. And nothing is more true than that of a relationship of a teenager. They can smell BS like five miles away. So the ability to not be fully transparent and fully honest with what you're thinking and what you're feeling or what you believe about something becomes really hard to do. But yet a lot of parents do it all the time. And then like we wonder why our kids don't confide in us and we wonder why our kids are closer to their friends than they are us and why we don't know as much about them as we wish we did, right? Well, it's because honestly, I think we don't create space for honesty because it start it has to start with us. My oldest and I have had some some rocky some rocky roads and um She's she's adopted. I've shared that with you guys before. And I got her when she was a day old. So I've had her her whole life. But adoption can bring tricky conversations. Adoption can bring tricky emotions on both sides. We've gone through all of it. Add to that that her adopted father and I divorced, and it just makes things even more complicated. So we have had a lot of things to navigate, the two of us. And This past year, I realized in a conversation she and I were having how much I had held back in disclosing to her and answering her when she would ask me things simply because I wanted to protect her, simply because I was afraid of how she may handle some things that were truthful. And as a parent, gosh, the worst thing in the world you want is your child to hurt. The worst thing in the world you want is to cause them pain or discomfort or fear or tension. Of course, we want to protect them from all of those things. And yet, I think what's worse than all of that is the idea that our kids don't trust us. At the end of the day... I want my kids to feel like I am the safest person on the planet for them, that no matter what they have to say, no matter what hole they have fallen into, that I am a safe landing point for them, that they can be fully, fully known, fully seen, fully accepted, and fully loved by me. But how are they going to feel that way if they can tell I'm not being fully me with them? This is hard. This is hard. And in the past year, my oldest and I have been having a lot of really hard, needed conversations. And, and I, you know, I wish I could say that I had planned for it to happen that way, but I didn't. They kind of just organically happened. And it happened in a conversation when I realized with her that I had for, gosh, her whole life avoided certain topics, had been really shifty in my answers to certain questions, and she could feel that. And we finally addressed that even, that she knew I was holding back. And she finally just confronted me. She's like, I just wish you would be honest with me. And I saw in that moment that this she's almost 16. Gosh, I can't even believe it. That this kid who is about to be driving legally, right? And in a few years will be off to college. I realized that I still was protecting her like she was a toddler. I was still trying to shield her from from the pain of some truthful realities in my life and in our life together. And, And I realized that wasn't fair. And so we had a really hard, really honest conversation. And I told her, I said, listen, I promise to be honest with you from now on, but you need to know that you need to be aware of what you're asking because don't ask me something you don't really want to know the truth about because I don't want to lie to you. And I don't want you to feel like I'm hiding things from you. I want you to feel like you can fully trust me. So I promise to be fully honest with you moving forward if you promise to be fully honest with me. 
And we cried, which is something she and I both are pretty tough. We are not criers out of this whole house of girls. Bria and I are the two that like are the last to ever fall apart. And so for the two of us to be crying at the same time should tell you a lot. And we both cried and we both had a really um, vulnerable moment where we both were fully authentic and fully known and fully seen. And we vomited it all onto the table and we're like, okay, now it's all out. Now we know exactly where we both are, exactly where we've both been, and how do we move forward from here? You know, once you get everything out on the table, you at least know what you're working with. And this goes for friendships, marriages, parenting, all of it. Like, how do you move forward in a healthy way? in a productive way that's actually going to get you where you want that relationship to go if you don't know what you have to work with. And the problem with us human beings is that we're just so stinking smart that we think that we know what is packed inside the other person's mind. We think we know what they're bringing to the table. So why disclose it all? We think we figured it out already. But what I'm finding and what this last year has taught me in friendships And in parenting is that oftentimes our assumptions are wrong. Our gut instincts are usually correct, but our assumptions about other people and their motives is often misplaced. And that even goes towards our kids. So I've had some growing happening in this area, and um, I hope that, that with my daughter, that she's learning how to be honest with me so that she can then be fully honest and fully known and fully authentic with her friends and her future spouse and her future children. I I want to set that precedence. And so this idea that we're protecting our children by avoiding the complicated stuff, it's really a myth. When they're little, sure. But as they get older, we have to start being less afraid of the complicated stuff and be willing to just lay it on the table and see what we're working with. We also can see this in our jobs, in our careers. And I know that we all have our work face, right? We have the job face. We have who we put on, you know, when we show up at work and when we're with our coworkers, it's different than when you're with friends or family. But when you work with people, long enough, they do kind of become their own like dysfunctional family, right? Like the people you work with end up becoming like this weird breed of extended family that you have, you know, the weird Uncle Tom and you have the grandma and you have the mom figure and you have the sister figure. Like everybody kind of fills roles for each other. At least that's been my experience in work environments. And and I kind of like that. It's fun. It's exhausting, but it works, right? Like we figure it out. And I think this same idea applies. And I, for a long time, and this goes all the way back to like my first job where I was terrified to tell my boss that I'd messed something up because I didn't want to be in trouble. I didn't want them to not be proud of me or regret hiring me. You know, when you're like 16, you're terrified of getting fired. And so I I would like hide mistakes that I'd made. And, and this was in a coffee shop, people. This was not like... It's not like I was dealing with like life and death scenarios here. I would like mess up a latte for Pete's sake. And I was terrified to tell my boss. And so I, you know, I look back on that and I just am like, oh, you poor thing. You know, I kind of feel sorry for myself. But at the same time, it's like, no, that's a real thing. And and we don't always grow out of that. Like you take that with you into grown up world with a grown up job and a grown up career. And those fears that we're talking about are still there. And this last job that I had, um, which I'm now at home from, but you guys remember I was working full time in the corporate world, in cubicle world, and it was it was a juggling act for sure. But I was there and it was needed and it was good. And so while I was there, I think I was just in this, again, I was in this season of life where I'm like going through deconstructing my faith and going through all this like 
post-divorce stuff. I'm going through my own grieving. I'm going through some like yucky stuff in my own self that I'm having to look at and process. And it was just very raw for me that season emotionally. And so you get to work and you put on work face, right? You don't put on raw emotional face. You are like professional and you get your stuff done. Well, part of that season, it benefited me the... um <laughs> And I, and I say benefit loosely, I did not have the capacity to be very fake. I just didn't. That died over the last two years. It became perpetually painful for me to try to be fake. And so, although I was professional, I just was very honest. And so if I made a mistake I was immediately owning it, taking responsibility, like, where do we go from here? If I had a question, I didn't think twice. I went straight to my boss and was like, this isn't making sense. This is my question. When I felt that I was being mistreated, because there was some times that the upper management was not being very respectful, and anybody who has worked in the corporate world, y'all just give me a big nod right now, because everybody knows inside corporate world what that feels like. And I just was like, you know, I am not a teenager anymore. I'm a grown-up. And as a grown-up, I can determine how people treat me, and this is not right. And I just point blank went straight to the source and dealt with it. I have you know, when I left that job and came home full-time, my boss, who was not the easiest to work for, um... She was really sad when I left and actually cried. And a lot of my coworkers were really sad that I left. And, you know, I, it's always nice to be missed, but that's not the point. The point is, is that they all gave me feedback when I left of how easy I was to work with, of how much they appreciated my transparency and how much they always knew where they stood with me. And they always knew what I was thinking. They didn't have to guess. And that I that made for a very easy working relationship. And isn't that interesting that having, and by the way, that's the first time I've gotten feedback like that because that's the first time I've been like that in a job scenario. So it was interesting to hear that feedback. And I found it so interesting that what they felt was an easy relationship and a peaceful relationship was one where I was constantly having to be brave and constantly having to tell myself, you can say hard things, Anna. You can be honest here. You are going to stand up for yourself here. Like, it didn't feel peaceful all the time for me. It didn't feel easy at all all the time for me. But it's interesting that that's the impression that they were left with, that I was one of of them even said, you're the easiest person I've ever worked with. It was so easy. And I was like, wow, I've been more honest with you than I ever was with all the people I was trying to keep happy all the time. You know, that I'm thinking that in my head. But but I learned a valuable lesson in that because I learned that although we think that people want us to tell them what we think they want to hear, people really would just rather know exactly what you're thinking. They want to know where they stand with you. They don't want to have to guess what's in your head all the time. And this goes to friends. This goes to spouses. This goes to our kids. And this goes to our coworkers. Like, it's really the opposite of what we think. People really do want to know what you're, what you're thinking, how you're feeling, if they've offended you, if you're mad at them, and why you're mad at them. And what's going on in your world and why you're being quiet or why you're distant all of a sudden or why you don't want to talk about that. Like people actually genuinely want to know. It relieves tension for them to know where you are. We tend to create more tension when we are dishonest and evasive and vague and in hiding. That tends to create more tension, I'm finding. Whereas in our minds, it's backwards. Isn't that interesting? The consequences that I found of not being honest are not only are we not really known, and that's a big one. I I believe that not being known runs very deep into our psyche and into our soul, and it becomes a sickness when we don't feel seen or heard or known. That's a big deal. 
not only are you known, but you tend to bottle up your emotions. And these emotions are are good or bad. You know, I'm focusing a lot on the negative hard things that we have to be honest about. But the truth is, is that there's also really good things that a lot of us aren't always honest about. I've had these moments um, with my parents where they've left my house. And the whole time they were there, I was thinking how much I loved them, how much I appreciated that they did this for me or did that for me, or how much I enjoyed watching them play with my kids. Um, little things like that, that I never said to them. They just left my house. I smiled, hugged them and they left. And I'm now looking at life in such a way where I, I feel that we're doing people a disservice by not being honest about the good stuff too. The people we look up to, the people we admire, the people we are thankful for. When you bottle up the good stuff along with the bad stuff, or the hard stuff, I should say, it's not bad, the hard things, it doesn't make you well. It makes you exhausted and tired and and heavy. And our country is so stressed out. <laughs> Like, and I, and I can say that because I'm stressed out half the time, but like everyone I'm around is stressed out and you just, gosh, go people watch at the airport or Walmart and you will see stressed out people everywhere. Like overall, as a whole, we tend to be really high, strung, stressed out people and anxious and deal with all this emotional stuff. And it's because a lot of us are carrying a lot of things that we shouldn't be holding on to. We're carrying the hard conversations that need to be had. We're carrying the good stuff that we're afraid to say. When you carry emotions like that, it weighs heavy. It's not good. Another consequence is this sense of loneliness. And you can be surrounded by friends and family and children and coworkers and what have you, and you can still feel completely unseen. You can still feel completely unknown. And I think a lot of us have gotten so used to this that we think this is normal. We think that this is just how life is, that no one will understand, right? But how will people understand if we don't tell them? One of my friends said to me the other day, um, and she's known me for a lifetime, and she's, she was like, you know, Anna, you are kind of a high-maintenance friend. And I laughed so hard because I thought the same thing about her. I was like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? You are one of the most high-maintenance friends I have. I love her to pieces. But, but I laughed, and there was also this, like, wave of relief because I was like, oh, my gosh. I never knew she thought that about me. And that's actually probably accurate and really funny and really true all at the same time. And she was shocked when I told her I thought she was high maintenance. And we both just had this moment of like raw honesty in love. Of course, there was nothing mean spirited about it. But when you feel known, even for your quirks that might be irritating or whatever, at least you feel known. At least you feel seen. Like, I know she's paying attention. She pays attention enough to tell me that I'm kind of high maintenance at times. Great. She's invested in me. So she can tell me the weird quirks about me that that might drive her crazy at times. But I feel loved in that because I know she's she's interested. She's invested, right? And so not, you know, not sharing the parts of you that you're scared, oh, that'll be too much, or oh, they just, they're not going to understand that, or oh, I might be too needy, or, you know, I'm, I'm scared to admit that I really feel this way about that, or whatever. Okay. But the consequence of that is them not really knowing you, because all of those quirks, all of your good traits, all the traits you're not such a fan of, they all make up you. They're all part of you and all of them should be seen and known. None of us are perfect. None of us are going to be the perfect friend, the perfect spouse, the perfect parent, like none of it. We're not capable. But in trying to be perfect and trying to keep everything happy and at ease and tension-free in this like mystical world that doesn't really exist, we're we're leaving people out of our of our of our life of who we really are 
And that can leave you feeling very lonely. We also, when we are not fully honest, tend to overall be disrespected and taken advantage of. And and this one, this one is 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 hard because I think we we mean well. And when I say that, I mean that when I look back, and I can say this in in friendships and in my marriage, that I I wasn't respected the way I needed to be. Um, and I was really taken advantage of. But the problem was, was that I was allowing it. I was not being honest about what was being asked of me, how it was making me feel, what it was doing to me. I just smiled and nodded and said yes. And of course, that goes all the way back to that first four points I said of why why we don't say hard things, right? Like all those fears were real. I, I didn't want to upset anything. I didn't want to make them upset. I didn't want to make them angry. I wanted to keep everybody happy. And I was so afraid of messing everything up. And so when we do that, it's like we vote ourselves off of the island and bottle up our emotions and put our head down and just do what we think we have to in order to keep everything happy. But in doing that, it's like we're teaching people to be disrespectful to us and to our time and to our feelings and to our thoughts. You have thoughts that need to be heard. You have a voice that needs to be listened to. You have feelings that need to be honored and validated. Everybody does. You are not some unique, weird case in that. Everybody has them. But when you don't own them and speak out for them, and advocate and protect them, the aftermath of that is that you get taken advantage of. And overall, although they may not be meaning to, it happens. You do get disrespected. The people who fight for themselves, the people who stand up for themselves, and we can see this all the way back on the playground in elementary school, nobody messes with them, right? Like they are not disrespected. They are very respected and their words are very much heard. And I'm not saying you have to be mean about it. But what I am saying is we teach people how to treat us. And so my new practice in being honest and saying the hard things, I've noticed a shift in how I'm being treated. And it's kind of awesome. My kids, I mean, my kids will be kids, but they are really respecting me more. It's it's fascinating. And I can say that with um, my ex-spouse. I can say that with my friends and my family. I've, I have learned how to interject when I need to, learned how to say no, learned how to say, yes, that's too much. I'm sorry, I can't. Or learned how to say, um, you know what? When you said that to me, this is how it made me feel. And I don't want to go the rest of the day feeling this way. So can you rephrase that or explain to me what you really meant? Because this is how I took it. I would have never, ever said something like that. Um, in years past. And now that stuff's just like flying out of me left and right. I'm just like, wow, people really do respect you when you when you own and take ownership over the most sanctified place in you, which is your well-being, your soul part of you. So good. Um, the last consequence that I want to talk about that happens when we are not honest. And this goes deep. This is when we not only are not honest with those around us, but when we choose to not be real and honest with ourselves, you will physically, emotionally, and mentally have a breakdown. I've witnessed a few people close to me, family and friends, who have hit a complete mental breakdown, hospitalization, and all. And if you have witnessed something like that or gone through something like that, you know the cost that comes with that. When you hit a breakdown like that, your whole life stops. Everything stops. And it's painful not only for you, but it's painful for everyone who loves you. I've painfully watched people in my life who I love allow themselves to be perpetually taken advantage of, disrespected, unheard, 
and truthfully probably had a feeling of being unloved all because they felt that it was the good Christian thing to do. And they paid heavily for that because we're not meant to live with bottled stuff. We're not meant to live a false truth. We're not. The truth is the truth. If you're tired, you're tired. If you're angry, you're angry. If you're put out, you're put out. If you're sad, you're sad. Sometimes we have to say that truth to ourselves before we can own it with the people we love. And those who perpetually refuse to do that, their bodies can't keep up. Our bodies are not designed to carry that emotional weight at that level. It's just not. And the breakdown is hard to watch. It's hard to watch. So I've let that be a warning to me. Um, And I hope it's a warning to you as well that not being honest with ourselves and each other is, is a big deal. And the little tension that we fear pales in comparison to the consequences of, of being silent. And I have to say that I think there's a, when I say the whole, you know, they felt like they were doing the Christian thing. I think there's this misunderstanding that if someone defends themselves or speaks up for themselves or speaks a hard truth or has a hard conversation, that that automatically means that they're going to be rude or distasteful or disrespectful or going to hurt people. Listen, honesty doesn't mean rudeness. It doesn't mean disrespect. And it doesn't mean hurtful behavior. You can be honest and kind. You can be honest and loving. You can be honest and firm and still be kind. There's a way to do this. And I think for some reason, we've gotten this extreme picture in our minds of having to be really um, abrasive and combative when we defend ourselves. And truthfully, that usually comes when you've had it. And you're at your breaking point and your truth comes out like a volcano and it disrupts and boils over to every living person within a mile of you. Been there, done that. It's not pretty. But when we have a practice of being honest and truthful consistently, it can actually come out kind. It can come out very respectful and very honoring of the person you're talking to. Honesty brings things into the open that need to be dealt with. So you can actually move forward in the, in the direction you want to go in that relationship. And I think when we're honest, it means that you trust yourself to carry truth. We talked last week about trust issues. And if you missed that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was one of my favorites. And one thing I talk about is how our trust issues really boil down to our inability to trust ourselves and our own gut instinct, our own inner knowing. I think that carries over into our ability to speak truth. When we hold back things that need to be said, boundaries that need to be placed or hard conversations that need to be had or complicated issues that need to be sorted through. When we hold back, there's a there's usually a belief inside of you that you don't trust yourself to carry that truth well. You're afraid that you're going to come across abrasive. You're afraid that you are going to deliver it in a way that won't be heard. You're afraid that you might be mean. You're afraid you might be um, unable to communicate exactly what it is you need to say. Trusting yourself carries into so many different things. And this is one area where you can't afford to not trust yourself. You can say hard things. You can carry truth. You are made to be a truth teller, a teller of truth, a teller of truth in love. You were made that way. So this idea that you are incapable of it based on, I don't know, maybe some volcanic eruption you had five years ago. Okay, put that aside. You're human. Allow yourself to be trusted. Allow yourself to be trusted to carry truth. 
When we're honest, it also means that we respect the person we're being truthful with enough to say the hard things. I have felt, and this may sound crazy, but I'm thinking right now of that conversation I had with one of my best friends recently um, when we both shared some hard things that needed to be talked about. I felt so loved in that conversation. And she said some hard things, things that she was afraid to tell me because she didn't want to hurt my feelings. And I said some hard things. I didn't want to hurt her feelings, but yet we both felt so loved because we loved each other enough to tell the truth. We loved each other enough and respected each other enough to be honest. That goes a long way. Being honest is, I think, one of the most powerful things that we have inside of our relationships and inside of the groups that we're a part of. We will never be fully known unless we're fully honest. And I don't mean you have to share every, like, oversharing details, right? We all know an oversharer in our life, right? I'm not talking about that. But I mean, I mean just taking those brave steps and saying the things that you know really need to be said. And this is how you know it needs to be said. If you go to bed thinking about it, replaying it, rehearsing it, and then wake up the next morning and are still thinking about it and still rehearsing it and still replaying it in your mind, it needs to be said. If you're still chewing on it after the conversation, it needs to be said. If it's nagging at you, it needs to be said. If you find yourself gossiping about that other person because of what you're feeling or thinking, it needs to be said. The people in your life deserve the real you because the real you is amazing, is wonderful. And every time we take a step towards honesty, we invite the other person to take a step there with us. And that is one of the most freeing things and one of the best gifts you can ever give another human being. So in closing, we can do hard things. And I hope this inspires you to jump on the honesty train and be more authentic and be more real because who you are is amazing. Go in peace. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.